I've never seen anybody look like this before. It's not easy for me, all bound up like this day in and day out. And it doesn't help you all staring at me like that either. I mean, I know you think it's crazy and you're probably thinking it could be better than this. Just, it could be different. It could, but I don't want it to be different. I'm fine like this. I'm okay. I really am. I mean, you probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> maybe I'm crazy, but maybe you're crazy. You know, haven't you ever been stuck? Stuck in your, your pain? Stuck in the past? Stuck just unable to get out of the hurt that you felt from, from years ago? I have been. Believe me, I know what it feels like. And right now, I feel protected. I feel safe. I feel less vulnerable. I'm okay. I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel okay. I, I trust it. I trust it. And I was free. I was free before, but then I, I trusted people and I, I gave my heart to people. My father wasn't there for me. My husband, he left me. My best friend, she betrayed me. My boss, I worked hard for him. And he gave the job to, so he gave a promotion to someone else. So I want them to see me like this because I want them to remember how they hurt me. I don't want them to forget. So if I take this off, then who will be able to tell them what they did to me? I want them to remember this. So no, I don't want to be free. I'm okay like this. It's not fair. This is, you know what, this is my home now. I have pictures, I've, I've put pictures up because I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget and I don't want them to forget either. So I'm okay. So don't worry about me. You can keep looking at me, I'm fine. I'm fine like this, I'm okay. I'll give it up for our drama team. Fantastic drama team. I'd ask that you stand. Y'all know the routine. <laughs> I'll be reading from the first chapter of John, starting at verse 35. And the text reads as follows. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you always for your grace and your mercy. The disciples followed Jesus as a result of John's direction. So Lord, I pray that you would move me out of the way and your word would come forth with great power and conviction. May you increase while I decrease, open ears, soften hearts to hear what you have to say to your people today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. My um, son reminded me, he was, my wife was preparing for this skit. And he said, dad already talked on forgiveness. So I had to uh, change the title to the road to forgiveness part two. This is part two. <laughs> 
And so, actually, he was. And I was actually surprised. You'd be surprised how that was some years ago. Uh, but I think it's a topic that we need to revisit regularly because a lot of folks wrestle with this whole idea of forgiveness. It's a serious issue. You see, a lot of folk are bound. They're stuck. They're unable to move forward and be all that they could be in Christ because they're saddled with this thing called unforgiveness, right? And there's been situations where some individuals have been cut very deeply. How many of y'all have seen a cut that's to the bone? That's real bad. Now, what happens to that cut if it's not treated? It gets infected. And that infection will begin to spread throughout the body. The same thing happens with this thing of unforgiveness. Bitterness, anger, all those things are a byproduct of unforgiveness. And you see, I could speak about this topic with a level of passion because I was bitter, angry. Sometimes I still am. <laughs> Sometimes I still wrestle with this whole thing. But I've shared with you all on previous occasions about issues with my dad. And if I could be transparent this morning and honest with you all, I tell you that my dad wasn't a good man. In fact, he was a bad man. He sold drugs. He used drugs. He beat my mom. He was verbally abusive to her. He wasn't there for me for all the momentous occasions in my life, the graduations, the birthdays, my wedding, the birth of his grandchildren. He wasn't there to teach me how to become a man. He spent almost two decades in prison for murder of a young boy. How in heaven's name do you forgive somebody like that? And some of you all have got your own stories about individuals that have wounded you. So I pose this question to you this morning. Can God forgive my dad? Can God forgive the individuals that wounded you? The answer is emphatically, we should all say yes. And so then it goes on, I go on to say, I challenge you with this. If God can forgive them, so can we. Somebody here might say, well, Deacon Savage, I'm not God. And you would be absolutely right. But here's the, here's the great, y'all better be glad I'm not God. But here's the, the, the beautiful thing. Check this out. Once you give your life to Jesus Christ, and you trust him as Lord and Savior, something marvelous happens, something miraculous happens. Check this out. The Lord instantaneously empowers us with the Holy Spirit. Y'all don't hear me? Y'all, that's something to get excited about because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do things that we couldn't do in the flesh. There used to be a song out in the 90s, I think it was, that said, I got the power. We got the power based on the God that's working inside of us. So I can do things. I can extend forgiveness, not because of uh, me. I can extend it because of the God that's working within me. Amen. So we want to examine this thing this morning. If you got your Bibles, you can open them to Matthew chapter 18. Jesus is holding a master class here. He's holding a class and he's actually teaching the disciples in this class. And he goes on to say in, in uh, verse, um, I'm losing my, I got my glasses and I still can't see. <laughs> there we go. In verse 15 to 17, Jesus is teaching the disciples about the what we know as the Matthew 18 principle. And the text reads, it says, if your brother sins against you, you go and tell him it's false. Between the two, between you and him alone, and if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two with you, 
um, along with you that the charge may be established by the evidence of the two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen, then tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be as a Gentile or tax collector to you. The whole idea is, is reconciliation. Um, this doesn't mean that you just uh, don't love and pray for the brother, but he's removed from the congregation in order to encourage him to repent, to come to a resolve the, the, the issue there. Now we'll go to chapter um, 18, verse 21 to 35. This is a byproduct of that particular uh, text because Peter comes to Jesus and he's asked this, this question for Jesus and the text reads as follows. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seven times 70. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him from the debt. He forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down on his knees and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until payment should be made to pay off the debt. When the fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. It's a lot to that text, ain't it? You see, Peter comes to Jesus and Peter was always the outspoken one. He comes to Jesus and he poses this question to Jesus. And, and you see, the rabbis taught that you forgive how many times? Three times, right? And so Peter said, man, I, I, I'd multiply that by two, add one to it. Jesus is sure to be impressed with that. But Jesus flips the script on Peter. He said, Peter, Peter, check this out. He said, Peter came up and said this to him, said, Lord, how often shall I sin against my, my brother, sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seven times 70. Now, I don't know how good y'all math is. What's seven times 70? Man, y'all went to public school or what's going on? I heard a few over here, 490 times. Now think about this. Somebody offends you and you say, hey, you got 489 more times and I'm going to jack you up. That don't make sense, right? 
That's crazy. I got to wait 489 more incidents before I can lay hands on you. That's not what Jesus was talking to Peter about because Peter was probably confused. I don't know how good his math was, but he was like, man, 490 times. And, and Jesus probably saw how confused Peter was. So he drew out a picture for Peter. He said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, he was one who was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, you got to understand 10,000 talents was a lot of money. And to uh, today's money, it would be equivalent to millions and millions of dollars. And so this is a debt that this guy could not repay. So he can work for however long he, he would never be able to pay this particular debt. And since he could not pay, his masters ordered him to be sold with his wife, his children, and all that he had until payment be made. It was serious business to be in debt back then. I think half our church would be missing if they did that today. Right? <laughs> Y'all see me coming in here like, man, looking around, like the people outside and pastor probably be standing there looking at me. Deacon, what seems to be the problem, Deacon? Pastor don't talk like that, but y'all just go along with me. <laughs> I ain't going to look at him. Deacon, what seems to be the problem? See, Pastor, what had happened was I went to this golf expo, and they had all these clubs in there, right, Pastor? And I just had to get them. Problem was, all the bills was due. I spent up all the money. Man, they took Rochelle and the kids, Pastor. Last time I saw them, they was on the expressway picking up newspaper and stuff, off trash off the expressway. But it was serious business. They didn't play around with you back then. So the king was well within his rights to put this brother in prison, right? It'd be so. And actually says he was sold. Some of your text may say he was put in prison. The penalty, so he could not pay the debt. But notice what happens here. Notice what happens. He said he fell down. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Now, check this out. Look at what happens. He says, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt. I don't think y'all understand what just happened here. He didn't put him on a payment plan. He erased the debt. Who's going to forgive you a million dollars? Who do you know? I remember we were having issues with uh, our mortgage and Chase Bank, and I was trying to do some modification and all this stuff when the market had, you know, went crazy and dropped in. Um, I called the representative, and this is not what he said, but this is the gist of what he said. I'm going to sum it up for you all. He said, get on like you've been spit on and send us our money. That's what you do. That's basically what he said. He was like, dude, send us our money. We ain't doing nothing. I would have been ex so excited if somebody forgave you a million dollars. Somebody called you up and said, hey, your mortgage is completely paid off. Darius, how would you feel? <laughs> we would be all would be excited, probably doing a dance and everything. Coming here with a whole new attitude, that debt lifted off of you that you couldn't, you were struggling to make your payments. And now it's completely wiped out. That's what the king did for this brother. 
But check out what happens. Check out what happens here. The text goes on to read. It says, but when the same servant went out, when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a hundred denarii was like um, a little bit over three months wages, right? It was pennies in regards to what this guy owed the king, right? This is just is chump change is what we would call it. Chump change. It said when the same servant, he immediately left the presence of the king and watch what he does. He said he went when he went out. He said he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him. He began to choke him. Brother had an anger problem. Pay what you owe, punk. So his fellow servant, watch this, watch this, watch this. But his so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him the exact same words that he voiced to the king. Have patience with me, almost verbatim. Have patience with me and I will pay you. What did he do? No, he didn't do that. He said, he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. You know, God don't like ugly, right? And my, we were growing up, my mama used to always say that God don't like ugly. There's other people watching, right? The other servants were, they, they probably were, were probably envious that the fact that he got away with paying what would be millions of dollars, right? So they were probably like, man, look at this. Did you hear what happened? Did you hear that uh, Darius got away with all that money? And they wiped King, wiped out his debt. And he didn't have to pay nothing. All his bills, everything is all paid for. I'm just messing with you, Darius. <laughs> but look what he does. So they go back and they snitch on that dude. Watch this. It says, it says, it says when, he, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported it to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him. He said, get that rascal in here right now. Get him in here. And he said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. Now his sentence is reinstituted just that fast. He was out of debt. Now he's back in. And here's what the text says. It says, and in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. And so as we navigate that, did y'all get that? My, let, me, let me read that again because I don't think y'all got it. I ain't hear no amen. I don't know if you feel it convicted or what <laughs> it says. So my heavenly father will do to every one of you. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart. On this road to forgiveness, there's four stops that we want to make. Once you to, once you could jot it down and they real easy. You might not even need to jot it down. It's real, real easy. The first stop that we want to make on this road to forgiveness is recognize that you've made mistakes. Recognize, turn to the person next to you and say, you better recognize. 
You want to recognize that you've made mistakes. Now, 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 Jesus is teaching that this is a picture of the kingdom of heaven. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Somebody, where's that? Where's that found? Romans 23. Romans 6, 23 said the wages of sin is what? Death. Now, we think about that death. There'll be a physical death. There'll also be a spiritual death where you are ushered into eternity. Me and Pastor was just talking about this uh, as I was sharing with him some things about a family member. And he said, man, you, you, you will be ushered into eternity totally separated from God in complete darkness. You know, one of my family members was saying, hey, I, I, I'm going to go where my, my father is. And I told I said, no, 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 there will not be no meetings there. You will not see, you will be all by yourself, suffering all by yourself, tormented for eternity. But here's what God does. In Romans 5, 8, it says what? God demonstrated his own love towards us, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. And so we recognize that we've messed up. We were in a predicament. And see, here's the thing. Not only uh, uh, um, that we offend God, but we've offended other people. But by his grace, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, by his grace, we're saved, not by works. You couldn't pay for it. Is God a merited favor poured out on us? Amen. We didn't deserve it. We were all all jacked up. But here's the thing. Sometimes when we um, we kind of get down the road in terms of our maturity as believers, we forget that we messed up. You know, we, we work. I look around this room. There's probably over 200 years of youth ministry experience in this room right now. And it, I, I look at Lisa and Larry, uh, uh, the Taylors back there, Pastor Doug, uh, all of Rochelle, everybody, all of us that worked in youth ministry. And it, it, it's something that never ceased to amaze me. And I'm going I'm to I'm put myself out there too. But parents would come to us and they'd be all distraught about what their kids were doing and some of the, the nonsense and foolishness that they were doing. It's like, I can't believe they could be doing something like this. What are y'all doing over at that youth group? And I'm looking at them like, oh, you ain't never made mistakes. Fast forward, there was an incident. I ain't going to say with which kid. I ain't going to put him on blast. But he's sitting in the back back there. <laughs> My son did something. And I'm getting on him, and I was telling Gary about it, and Gary said, dude, you did the exact same thing, and you was worse. You fought the guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you did. I forgot all about that. <laughs> we need to recognize that we've made mistakes. So that's the first stop that we want to come to on this road to forgiveness is recognize that we made mistakes. The second stop that we want to make is we want to remember the grace that was extended to us. We want to remember what God did for us. And then we want to remember that we were once in a position where we had to ask for forgiveness, where we've offended other people. Can anybody think of some time where you, 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 you hurt somebody? Oh, y'all got to be playing with me. I'm going to go. I'm going to just start talking to y'all over here, over here. I ain't seen that one hand. We've all offended other people. We all have. We all make mistakes. We've all rubbed people the wrong way. Right? I just hear, I don't know what's going on of spirit. 
better hey dude hey get on them get on them yes but yes the we have stop is remembering the forgiveness that was extended to us remember the grace that was given to us then we want to repay the next stop is repay others by extending that same grace that god gives us we want to repay others as this brother, what he should have did when he came out from the presence of the king, he saw that dude that owed him, what? That chump change, 100 denarii. He could have said, you know what, man? I just got off the hook with over 10,000 talents. Dude, get out of here. You don't owe me nothing. That's what he should have did. But he didn't do that. We sometimes forget. He said, we want to repay others with the same grace that was extended to us. And here's the thing, here's the thing. You also want to fully release them from the debt. You say, Deacon Savage, what you talking about? Y'all know sometimes you say you forgive and then you bring it up again. Every time you see that people, you look at the person, you looking at them sideways. Like, hey, you said you forgave me. Why you keep bringing it up? You want to completely release the person. Not to say that you don't forget, what if God did that to us? Man, we'd be in trouble. All the things I can tell you, all the things that I've done, and I'm ashamed to say it, I can look back on some foolishness. It's like, what was I thinking at that time? And what if God brought that up every time he, he came before him? Every day we'd be dealing with it, right? Every day we'd be like, man, holding us accountable. But no, he wipes our slate clean. So we want to completely release the person from the debt. I think we got our cake here. So I wanna, I wanna put a little bit of icing on it for y'all. Y'all still looking a little bit complex. I don't think y'all really getting this thing. I don't hear a lot of amens. I, I, I don't feel so we gonna stay a little bit longer. So if you got your Bibles, I ain't playing. <laughs> we gonna stay a little bit longer. If you got your Bibles, turn them to Colossians chapter three. Turn to Colossians chapter three. And this text reads, and I'm actually going to back up to verse nine. It says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here's the thing. Things to remember about this whole idea of forgiveness is forgiveness cannot be extended while you're operating in the flesh. Forgiveness cannot be extended while you're operating in the flesh. Now, I'm gonna tell y'all, uh, and I don't have no shame. Y'all, you could think, I know this gonna probably think further. Y'all gonna be like, man, Deacon Savage is crazy. But that's okay, that's okay. Growing up in Cabrini Green, it was all about revenge. When you got into something, um, we were figuring out a way how to how to how to get you back. If you if you if I lost the fight and only a few people know this, my wife, probably Gary and Roy tease me about this all the time. Roy is Gary's older brother. And so they always tease me because I, I lived in a closet. My room was a closet underneath the stairs when you came into our row house. So right when you came upstairs, there was a closet right there. That was my war room. And I don't mean prayer room. That was my actual war room. That was where I went in. I lost the fight. I went in there and I started strategizing how I was going to get the person back. And I'd be in there doing all kinds of stuff. I'm going to see him and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'd be doing all kinds of stuff in that little space. I can't 
operate like that. Said you put off that foolishness. That's foolishness. That's the old self, right? We want to die to the flesh. And here's what the text tells us in uh, chapter 12, I mean, verse 12. It says, I'm putting off the old self. And it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. What does that sound like? The fruit of the spirit, doesn't it? Sound like it sounds like the fruit of the fruit of the spirit, and I was that was none of none of me growing up because I had that my theme song used to be James Brown, the big payback. Now I ain't gonna sing it, but y'all, some of y'all remember the song. I got to be done with that. That doesn't fit right here. It says beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, as God's chosen ones. We don't expect the world to operate this way, but this is how we are to conduct ourselves. The text goes on to read, bearing with one another, bearing with one another. The next thing I want to tell you is that we must learn to bear with one another. As I stated before, we all make mistakes. The Greek word for uh, bearing is uh, anetro. Inecho. Can y'all say that with me? Inecho. I mean, I don't think I'm talking loud enough. Inecho. Can y'all say it? Inecho. I had to say that all the time. I, I started saying that a few days ago. It's like, man, when folk are pressing my buttons, I'm Inecho, Inecho, Inecho. <laughs> I challenge you to do the same. Whatever's going to help you, we want have. Well, you, you want to be doing it because God is calling us to bear with one another and we're going to rub each other the wrong way sometimes we got some things about us you know um that 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 get on folks nerves but here's the thing it's not your job to change people that's god's job you pray for them now the caveat to that is i learn how to deal with you if i i know you a certain kind of way i learn how to deal with you i got family members that that ask to borrow money no, they, no, they just mean give me money because I'll never receive it back. So instead of setting myself up for fail, uh, for disappointment and anger and a bitterness, I give it to them without the expectation of getting it back. And that's your, and that's your, and that's your, and that's your. The text goes on to read, bearing with one another, um, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Did y'all catch that? There's three different forms of the word forgive. He says forgiving, forgiving, forgive. Paul is stressing that thing, right? I think we get it, right? That's some emphasis there. He's saying, hey, he, he, he's giving you three forms of that word uh, forgive. And so here's the thing. Forgiveness is a command. It's not optional. You don't have the option. It's a command. It's not, it's a, Paul drives this whole concept home and it's stating it here. It's a command that he gives us. And so the question also becomes is whether forgiveness maintains our position as peacemakers, not peacetakers. Are you a peacemaker or a peacetaker? Mm. 
My sister calls uh, uh, those uh, peacetakers, she calls them messy boots. Messy boots. That person that, you know, that comes in and, you know, they leave a trail of trouble every time they show up, right? Mr. and Ms. Nessie, messy boots. Anybody know some messy boots? Now, if you're not raising your hand, you might be messy boots. <laughs> you might be the one messy boots. So it says, above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. In 1992, it's my sophomore year, it's my sophomore year in college. And a friend of mine uh, reached out to me um, and said, hey, I think you need to uh, go visit your dad. He was in prison. And um, I thought about it for a while. I said, ah, okay, all right, let's do it. So we go to the prison. My, my, my friend drove my mom and my two brothers. So I, uh, on the way there, I had this, this vision of what the experience was going to be like. I envisioned my dad coming out and giving, embracing us, telling us he loved us. He was proud of us. He, he, would, he was interested in knowing what was going on. I was going to tell him about college. I was going to tell him about football. I was going to tell him about this, this young tender that I was dating back then. And she's sitting in the back, just so y'all know. <laughs> I had all these things that I was going to tell him, right? And it happened, nothing like that. He came out, he sat down, he didn't even shake our hand, didn't even get close to us. And he just talked to my mom for over a half an hour about whether she could marry him so he would look good before the parole board. I left out of there grieved. It was a waste. And then my other brother couldn't, um, Brian couldn't come in because they would only allow three visitors at a time. And so he didn't even get to see him. And I was salty about that because my brother wound up passing some years, years later. And so I said, wow, I walked away grieved. And I said, you know what? I'm wrestling with some things. I'm wrestling with this whole thing, trying to, trying to extend forgiveness. I know what the Lord is saying, but I was like, man, it's, it's hard for me to forgive him. I tried again. And I called him up this time, uh, Micah and Kayla was on the scene. I think uh, Brandon had just been born. My dad gets out of prison and um, he was working downtown. And I was, you know, I don't know how he got a security job after being in prison. I have no idea, you, uh, that, but that's neither, that's not germane to the story. So, <laughs> so he's working his security job. I call him up and say, hey dad, I want you to meet my, uh, your grandchildren. I want, want, them to, want them to know their grandfather. He said, nah, he said, right. I said, I, I'm working right now. I said, can we come down on your lunch break? He said, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, what about, you know, it's not today, maybe next week. He said, nah, I don't, th I don't think that's going to work. I said, wow. I hung up the phone, grieved, salty. <laughs> you name it, you can put every word on there. I was, I was hot as fish grease. Fast forward, we get a call. I get a call from my uncle that my dad passed. and said, okay, so we, we going to get the details and everything. So he said, my uncle and him were really good friends. So we go to my dad's brother-in-law's house over near Cabrini. And 
we, we, we ring the bell. The guy comes down and my uncle's like, hey, what's going on with my, with my guy? We heard, I heard he passed. This is his son. And blah, blah. so we go through this whole thing. He said, oh, he was buried two weeks ago. He was buried two weeks ago. He had cancer. He died. And my uncle went ballistic. And my uncle didn't have a filter. He used every curse word and you could think of. I said, um, what's, what's wrong with you, man? Let's go. So we walked away. He said, I can't believe that they would do this. And why didn't he tell us and all of this? Now, what do you do with that, Deacon Savage? What do you do? How do you move forward? He's not here anymore. He's not here. What do you do with that? Here's the thing. Forgiveness is not predicated on whether the person asked for an apology. We still must extend it to him because the reality is, is what we do is we release ourselves from prison. The prison, we're holding that key in our hand, that forgiveness. We're holding our key and we're in a jail cell and we're holding that key. All we got to do is open the door and release the person. And sometimes I don't think my dad even understood how I felt because I never got a chance to really sit down and tell him all these things. He knew that there was some things going on, that there was some issues, but I, I never got a chance to verbalize that. But I still had to forgive him. I still had to release him for my state of mind, but also for him. But that's the right thing to do anyhow and imprisoning myself. People of God, don't let that be you. People of God, I'm going to tell you right now, time is uh, getting away from us. Um, <laughs> You don't, if there's some issues that you have with somebody, go to them right now. Follow the Matthew 18 principle. Go to them and talk to them. Because sometimes folk don't even know that you're upset because we haven't been obedient to the word and following what the scripture says in Matthew 18. Go to that brother. Go to that sister. Talk to them. If you want to be peacemakers or you're going to continue to be a peacetaker, take those steps. As hard as it is, take those steps. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word, how it convicts us, Lord, how it moves us uh, closer to who you've called us to be. So, Lord, I pray uh, for the saints here today. Uh, pray that you would empower them uh, to, to go make that phone call, to reach out to those individuals that have wounded them regardless of whether they accept it, uh, receive it, or even acknowledge the hurt that they've inflicted on them. Lord, I pray that you would help them to be obedient to your word. Your word says that he who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, to him it is sin. Lord, help that not be the people of God. Help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do in this extended forgiveness. Help us to remember what you did for us. In Jesus' name, the church say, amen. Thank you.